What's up, everybody? It is, I mean, it doesn't really matter, but it's Friday, January 21st at 9.08. I just want to give you the lay of land. What's going on? A little bit of a long podcast here being uploaded. Um, Actually, before we even do that, I want to talk about something. I just, I know it's no free ads, but, you know, I got to look out. I got to look out for my friends here listening to the podcast. I just got Dr. Squatch, um, Dr. Squatch soap and Dr. Squatch deodorant in the mail. And it smells unbelievable. It feels unbelievable. Um, yeah, look, it's a little bit on the expensive side, but you know what? You only get one. You only get one layer of skin. So if you guys are if you guys are looking to you know upgrade your your dial or your you know um, this is an Irish one. I don't really know. It's green. It's the one that I was using. I forget what it's called. Anyway. Get Dr. Squatch. It's it's pretty awesome. I don't have a discount code for you or anything, but Dr. Squatch is sick. Um, may I recommend the Fresh Falls um, flavor or scent or whatever you may call it. But anyway, um, yeah, so here's what we got. We got an interview with Georgia Amor uh, and Kayla King. That was a ton of fun. I ran that one. Uh, we talked about you know their incredible season. We talked about Georgia and uh, Kayla's off season, getting ready for this season and what's been truly a historic and amazing season for Virginia Tech women's basketball. Um, that was fun. And then after that, Grayson, Pat and myself discussed a plethora of different topics, whether it was uh, the men's basketball team, whether it was recruiting, had a little grit versus uh, LGH conversation, which was a ton of fun. Um, but yeah, no, fun podcast, really excited about it. Got some awesome stuff coming down the road for you as well. Um, we had to get this out to you because it is relevant. Make sure you tune in. We have NC State, the number four, I believe they're number four in the country. The women's the women play them on Sunday at four o'clock. The men's team plays Boston College on Saturday. Um, and yeah, just a lot of a lot of awesome stuff. Excited about the football staff getting around to all these high schools. It's been really cool to watch. We we'll talk about that as well. Um, without further ado, here's the podcast. It is happy Friday, Friday, January 21st at 1230 on the East Coast. And we are joined by Kayla King and Georgia Amor from the Virginia Tech women's basketball program. If y'all haven't heard, then you haven't been paying attention. But the Virginia Tech women's basketball program is six and one for the first time in program history. They're coming off of a 75 to 65 win over the Pittsburgh Panthers last night in Castle Coliseum. And again, Kayla King, a junior guard from Greensboro, North Carolina. She is an HNFE major. Kayla, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Awesome. Yeah. Happy Friday. And then Georgia Amor, she's a sophomore guard from mm-hmm. Ballarat, Victoria, Australia. And she is a communications science and social inquiry major. Georgia, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So let's jump right into it. You guys are 14 and 4. You're six and one in the conference, a historic season to this point. It's no longer a historic start. It's a historic season. Um, kind of a general question, but we'll start with you, Kayla. What makes this team 
so special, whether it be on the court, off the court, your culture, what's making this team so special and click this year? I think we all just want to win and no one cares who gets the points, how it gets done. Uh, we share the ball. We, we celebrate each other's successes. And I think that's a big part of why we've been successful as a team. Georgia, what about for you? Uh, what do you think is it that makes this team so special? I know you've been here. Uh, this is your second year now in the program. What is uh, what has really stood out to you for, about this team? Yeah, I think just the unselfishness we have as a group. It's incredible, and that goes along with chemistry too. Um, you can't really be unselfish if you don't have great chemistry, right, if you don't trust mm-hmm. each other. So I think this group, we have trust in each other. The coaching staff has trust in us, and that just allows us to go out there and compete and do what we do and do it well. So speaking on the uh, on the off the court more so, I want to dive into something that I've noticed about this basketball team. Are you guys fun to watch on the offensive end of the court? Yes. Are you guys great at the defensive end of the court? Yes. Chance to go down as the best team ever, possibly. But what really stands out and what we talked about with Coach Brooks at the beginning of the season is the culture and the family atmosphere that you guys have on this basketball team. And it's good and great and dandy. You know, you can interview coaches from any program and they always say, well, culture, culture is great. Everybody's friends on and off, on and off the court. But when you've kind of followed this team and you've looked at different things, like whether it was Raven Kitley coming for the autism awareness game um, earlier this season and how much that meant to her and how much that meant to Liz or uh, Georgia, when your family came to the United States the first time in two years, uh, your teammates and some of your coaches made that trip with you. Um, you can definitely tell that this team is so much more than just a team. It is a family. And that's a testament towards how much time you spent with each other and how the coaching staff has been able to navigate, even through COVID, developing that bond and that relationship. Um, Georgia, we'll start with you. How has that family atmosphere really been cultivated and instilled into this team? I um, I actually spoke with my mom when she came over here because just like talking about family and stuff like that, you know, like she sent me over here and didn't know really what was going on and who was who because when I did my visit, it was like 48 hours long. She didn't get to meet many people. Um, But the conclusion was obviously if this wasn't really a family culture, I probably would have left. Like this is something I want to be a part of. And this is something that invites me, welcomes me, has taken incredible care of me. Um, Not only the staff, but like, and not only the team members, but the team members family, like after games, I have to go around and hug around Mm, too many pairs of parents (laughs) but I enjoy it I love it um and I can just tell that they love me too and they appreciate me so the family culture is definitely apparent um in like literally every aspect from coach G our strength coach to our coaches to the parents to the families to the siblings like Raven is my sister um so I think it's just a good a good atmosphere a comforting atmosphere Mm. Kayla, what about yourself? I mean, Georgia, like, she hit it right on. Like, we absolutely love each other, each other's families. Um, I look forward to seeing uh, each other's parents at the games. And um, even, like, outside of games, like, we love spending time with each other. Like, we're in the gym for maybe six, seven hours, and then we go home and we text each other, what are we doing tonight? Like, we don't get sick of each other. And I think that just, like, goes to show how much we like love each other's presence and that like helps on and off the court. Um, I think we've all got like the recruiting skills where like, you know, we love you. We'll take care of you here, but 
this like place felt different and I can speak for everybody. Like, I think that's a big reason that I came here and along with everybody else and the coaches, like I didn't come here and then they just didn't care about me. Like they've cared every step of the way. And I mean, I'm glad to be a part of this program. Georgia, uh, speaking on kind of like that family atmosphere and how important that was for you, um, Coach Brooks got on our podcast earlier this season and he mentioned how, you know, last year and, and earlier on this year, you were dealing with a little bit of homesickness. Um, you obviously dealt with the loss of your grandfather earlier this season and you faced incredible, incredible adversity throughout the season. Um, you're second in the ACC in assists. Um, you're playing a lot of minutes. You're kind of the locomotive of this basketball team. What's been able to help you stay focused and be able to kind of push through that adversity this season? Um, Coach Brooks definitely plays a big part in that. I think the amount of times we just talk and I'll go to him and I'll just debrief and he'll he'll give me some lessons. Um, but at the end of the day, like basketball is enjoyable. It shouldn't be a it shouldn't be a stressor. It shouldn't feel like it's mm. a requirement. So I think that's why, like, it's just easier when you just look at it like it's fun as well um and basketball was just like that's what I'm here for really as well so I don't know I mean like it's just easy to just go out and play relaxed no matter like what is going on in your life and I'm sure anyone in any sport can vouch for that it's kind of just like a mental break from stuff that may be happening externally um, and then that helps with like fixating your concentration on the sport too. Like being able to separate basketball and life can sometimes help with that too. So we'll start with you, Kayla, um, talking about the uh, state of North Carolina. So January 9th, I like to talk about kind of pivotal moments during the season. On January 9th, um, you guys went down to Chapel Hill as an undefeated ACC team and ended up losing to UNC 46 to 71. Um, obviously you haven't lost an ACC game since that point. What were some of the biggest lessons that you all learned from that, uh, from that game in Chapel Hill? Um, I think we just realized that we need each other. Like we kind of played individualistic that game. And like coach Brooks says, like even our defense, we're not good one-on-one defenders, but when we play together in a pack, like we have great team defense, like having each other's back help rotations and like that when we play like that, it's hard for teams to score. Um, I think it just showed us that when we like lose our focus, just even a little bit, uh, things can spiral downhill, but we came back the next game and we just got back together and we like put it back all. And um, it also shows us how good we can be. Like, I think it um, it's going to help us later down. Like when big games come, like we get Caroline again, we're, we're going to make sure we get them this time. Like, we know what it feels like and we don't want to feel that again. You know, Kayla, I'm so glad that you talked about defense because everybody talks about how great Charles offense is. And it is. I mean, you look, you have an 104.1 offensive rating. That's the best in the Kenny Brooks era. You have a 22 and a half net rating. That's number one in the Kenny Brooks era. But nobody talks about y'all's defense. Nobody talks about y'all's defense. So I went ahead and I did a little bit of number diving and I noticed mm-hmm. 55.1 opponent points per game is the, again, number one in the Kenny Brooks era, but it is number one by a large margin where the second best was 62 points per game. Was that a huge focal point for you all? Uh, Georgia, we'll, st- we'll start with you. Was that a huge focal point for you during the offseason uh, defense? Because Coach Brooks is always talking about 
you always see the videos of him working with Liz on the post moves and you see him working on the three point shot. Um, where has defense really kind of become such a focal point for you all this year? Yeah. I mean, last year to call a spade a spade, we were not very good at defense. I think we were just outscoring people at some points, but last year we had lost a few games by single digits <clears throat> and you can look at that. And yes, we scored a lot, but what did we do to stop them scoring? Um, and then coming back to Kayla, like 1v1 defense, it may not be a strong suit, but we've placed such emphasis on playing like a pack mentality defense where everyone has everyone's back. And um, like the coaching staff and Coach Poppy have been like monumental in scouting the defenses and telling us what to do. And I think us, like maturity-wise, we've grown to the point where they can give us a scout and tell us what to do and we can apply it instantly. So it's a mix of things. It's not just like, physically how well we can defense it's knowing the scout knowing personnel knowing we have help and being able to adjust on the fly I think that has improved for us immensely this year what about yourself Kayla I would ask uh, to change the question up a little bit what have been the biggest focal areas of you during your off season um as you entered this season I think just trying to get an overall game I mean I think other off seasons we've done a lot of individual work but this time we did of like group work to try and learn each other so like I can learn how Georgia likes to catch the ball she learns how to pass it to me and we've translated that into games um like individually of course I worked on my shot uh defensively probably just getting over screens getting through stuff um but just a lot of just learning each other because that's something that usually takes some time to get into and we kind of wanted to have a little head start on that in the season I guess Absolutely. So moving into the the season as a whole here, um, before we uh, wrap up with rapid fire here, what about Castle these last few games? I know Coach Brooks sent out a uh, sent out a message and we've been kind of trotting like, hey, if you're not getting a Castle Coliseum for the women's basketball games, what are you doing? Get off TikTok. Stop watching reruns of friends. Like, y'all got to get down. Y'all got to get down to Castle Coliseum. So how great has it been to see Castle Coliseum get packed and see the environment that's been um, that's been being formed at Castle? Yeah, I mean, it can really change the momentum of the game. Um, UVA, that clip of uh, the Castle Guard screaming during the free throws, like that was mm-hmm. monumental for us because it, it rallies us and it gets us excited. Um, but even Pitt last night, I think the crowd really got involved towards the end stretch um, when we were under a little bit of uh, pressure. And I think it just like carries momentum. Like it, it really helps a lot with energy. I was going to add to that, just like when they start getting loud, like it almost gives me like goosebumps. Like, yeah. it's like, it's like, ding, like on that foul shot, like I got the chills, like just hearing them. And like, it gives you like momentum and it gives you like, it just gets us excited and like wanting to play even more. And it's just a fun atmosphere because it makes, I think it makes opponents like intimidated, intimidated. and like, <laughs> like, dang, they actually have like a lot of students here and they're actually like in the games. Cause that's like a women's basketball team. Like, I think that's a lot of things that other schools don't have like big, like student followings. So Georgia, we were just talking to Kayla about, uh, about Spanish class before we press record. <laughs> so what is the most, what is the most like, I don't know. What is, uh, what is the most challenging or like, uh, what is the most challenging class for you right now? Um, I mean, classes started like three days ago, so I hope nothing's too challenging, but. Oh, 
anything with math. I'm taking like a daughter in sociology class and it's supposed to be math, but I don't think it's math, but I'm just going to say that because it has the word daughter. <laughs> so for some of these classes, when you're showing up syllabus week or you're, you're on the zoom here, here's my question. It's kind of a roundabout way of asking the question. So you're sitting next to somebody, right. And they, uh, mm-hmm. and you're like, Hey, what do you do? What do you, what are you doing on uh, on Friday? You know, there's a big basketball game in Castle Coliseum and they're, <laughs> oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I might go, you know, ice fishing. I might, you know, go do, <laughs> do, do something goofy. What do you say to somebody who hasn't been to a Virginia Tech women's basketball game yet? Sell going to a Virginia Tech women's basketball game for me right now. I think if you want excitement, don't go, what do you say, ice fishing. You're literally <laughs> waiting for a fish to bite a lion. Um, we have continuous energy. We have continuous momentum. Our offense flows. It's beautiful. Um, we're there for each other. And to be quite honest, we need you guys as well. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think the crowd understands how significant they are in what we do. Kayla, you're in Spanish class. Somebody's <laughs> saying, hey, you know, Friday night, I'm, uh, uh, they're not going ice fishing. Yeah. I'm going to cook out and do, I'm, do, I'm going to cook out and knocking out my Spanish homework. Why aren't you going to Castle Coliseum? Why should I go? I honestly think that, especially like our team, we just play pretty basketball. Like we play the game how it's supposed to be played. Like, yeah, we can't dunk, but we have that pass, 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 like shot. And it just, I don't think it can better, be better than that. So we, think, we might be able to dunk if you bring the energy. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> just wait on it. So lob, Liz is going to get that lob soon. <laughs> How about um and and uh, we'll start with you, Kayla. Um, how has been being back at Virginia Tech? Because correct me if I'm wrong. Have you been to Virginia Tech where you were able to you know go outside and like go to restaurants and kind of do everything? I mean, how has it been? Maybe like my first semester here, but right, it's it's been a while. But um, dang, I don't even know. I don't even like remember that it's been a while. But I think it's kind of getting back to that like atmosphere like going to classes and seeing students of course we all have masks and everything so like that aspect's different um but I actually enjoy my in-person classes now like getting to see new people and I miss that because like all online classes I didn't really interact with any other students and I guess it kind of made it so like my only friends were my teammates and of course I love that but going to like classes in person now and stuff has just like expanded like my friend groups and I love meeting new people that way. For sure. What about you, Georgia? So from what I understand you, when you got to tech, we've been dealing with, uh, you know, classes being shut down and not really able to seeing downtown Blacksburg or everything. So with the, as things generally open back up, how have you enjoyed getting around in Blacksburg and seeing a little bit more of the town? I came here and like second semester. Game too. I mean, this had to be your first big college football game, I guess this uh, earlier <laughs> this year that had to have yeah. been awesome. Also. Yeah. The football was incredible. That's a whole different atmosphere um but I came to campus like January 2020 so like I got to experience maybe three weeks of like regular college life um but even then like three weeks span that's like you know that's not enough time especially when you have class and traveling and stuff like that but now it's just I like it busy like it it just feels like a college campus um when I was like in the recruiting process like a lot of coaches at home were like if you're going to go to a college don't go to a, like a city one go to a college campus you'll get like the full effect mm-hmm. and I'm definitely experiencing that now definitely experiencing that um even like little things like when I walked to class people would, like tap me on the shoulder and say like great game yesterday I'm mm-hmm. like it is incredible how you like 
to me how you first of all recognized and said something to me um but that, that's just like that hokey atmosphere I guess is just um encouragement and just being involved so I, I'm loving it right now that's awesome mm-hmm. so last question before rapid fire I'll, I'll ask you guys both if there's something that this basketball team or yourself individually needs to improve upon to get where you guys ultimately want to be this season, what would that be? We'll start with you, Kayla. I'll say just putting a whole 40 minute game together. Um, Sometimes we play like a really good, even like 36 minutes, but a four minute lull can like, like we said, like last year, those two point games, like that's a big difference. So I think, for us to win like the big games, we need to put like a full focus for 40 minutes straight. Georgia. Yeah, I would just say be the aggressors for majority, if not all the game. Um, the minute we take our foot off the gas, uh, we that we haven't significantly hurt ourselves, but we that opportunity can present itself. So just yeah, keep being aggressive and always feel like we have control of the game. Cool. So this is the fun part. Done talking basketball, done talking school, just uh, rapid fire here. So it's going to be the first thing that pops into y'all's head uh, when I ask. And uh, we'll we'll do Kayla, you can go first for all of them. And then Georgia, you can go second. So first question is, um, who is most likely on the team to get TikTok famous? Georgia. Me. Okay. Yeah. Favorite television show? Uh, Friends. I don't watch television, yeah, that to be honest. <clears throat> um, when you stop playing basketball, what do you want to do? Be a doctor. What kind of doctor? Right now, pediatrician. Okay. But that can always change. I want to be a doctor, too. What no, I'm kidding. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure yet. Okay. Um. So this this one will be fun. If you were taking a teammate back to your hometown, so they're either going to Greensboro or they're going to, what is it? Ballarat. Ballarat, Australia. You have a teammate coming back to Ballarat or Greensboro. Is there a specific local place that you'd take them, whether it's for food, whether it's, you know, like what's the staple in your perspective, your respective hometowns? Greensboro just has a lot of chain restaurants. I'm trying to think. You could say know. Arby's or, you know, whatever. <laughs> you, know you can you can pick uh, one. I don't know. They have a good coffee shop called Green Joe's. It's pretty Green good. Green Joe's? Yeah. Green Joe's coffee shop. That's a pretty, that's a local shop. Okay. I would say that our cafe culture is incredible and the coffee competition is top tier. So literally any local cafe mm. you would find would be pretty good. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Coffee in Australia. What about uh, your favorite WNBA player or NBA player? Mm. I don't know. Well, in the past, I really liked Maya Moore, but okay. as I don't know, current right now. I would have to say probably like Sophie Cunningham or something, just because she's like so aggressive and she, like she. I am fearful of her, but it's something that I envy. What about I a, think uh, people are fearful of you? <laughs> <laughs> what about a uh, what about a pregame playlist? So games about to start. 
what are we listening? What are we listening to on the headphones? That's all Georgia. She is, she is, she's our ox. I um deviate a little bit from everyone's tastes. I feel like everyone's taste in the team is probably a little bit of rap and R and B, but I love some EDM. EDM. Some dance music. That's that's what gets me going. Yep. That was so your guys, pregame. The, the Virginia Tech women's basketball team is listening to Deep House before they take the before they take the court and Castle against Coliseum. their will. Against wow. their will. A forced you, upon by Georgia Amor. Do you think that that do you think that that inspires you guys? Do you think that gets you guys off to a good start? That's <laughs> that's pretty surprising. I wouldn't have thought <laughs> thought house music. I can't um, speak for other people. I can't speak for them, but for me, yes. Can you give us an artist? Like, is, are we talking like Head and Heart? Or are we talking like, uh, like Tiesto? What is what is? I love Rufus the Soul. Okay. Um, Never even heard. you know classic Swedish House Mafia. They okay. have some good ones. Swedish House Mafia. Yeah. All right. We got to get that playing in Castle Coliseum. Um, <laughs> what about pregame rituals? Um, you know, two right socks, socks inside out. Um, do you guys have any weird pregame rituals? No, but I nap before every game. Nap before? Yeah, every game. I, I need a nap. We eat our pregame meal. We all think, come in, in the locker room and nap. I think Asia said, are you guys all, so you guys, wait, somebody, either Asia or Liz said the same thing, that they take a nap right before the basket. So you guys are all napping, then listening to house music, and then <laughs> having the best offense in program history. That's the... <laughs> um i have a pregame playlist but it's all filled with house music so okay uh favorite place to eat in blacksburg mm. that's a tough one uh there's a lot of good places uh a recent one i've been liking cabo taco cabo fish taco okay yeah. cabo fish taco I could say like any of the L rods, but honestly, deep down in my heart, I have a deep love for Benny's. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like last night after the game, that's what I was craving. Well, being from Austin, look, I know you said you guys have good pizza. I can't imagine that I, or good coffee. I can't imagine that you guys have good pizza. So being from you know, <laughs> New Jersey and New York, I, I, I will go ahead and say that Benny's pizza is America can definitely do better than Benny's. Pizza. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think it's the size and the price that gets me. <laughs> So it's house music, Benny's pizza, and pizza. <laughs> I'm sounding a lot uh, more like a frat boy yeah. than a possible. <laughs> um, what about uh, who's the funniest teammate? Uh, I mean Georgia gets us laughing, but like someone who's like a quiet funny is definitely KT or Kayana. Yeah. Like okay. she's funny, but like you have to like hear the like little like. If you hear it, it's funny, but like she doesn't always say it loud. I about, think everyone's like sly. Yeah, everyone has That's very true. Notes. What about uh, a favorite Kenny Brooks quote? So it doesn't have to be something that he means to be funny. It could be something that he repeats ad nauseum and just says all the time. Um, what is something that? Uh, what What is it when you think of Coach Brooks? What is the quote that comes to your head? Mm. I don't I just think it's kind of funny how he think how he has us like trained to say certain things like in practice he'll just go like it's not how you do it and then goes quiet and then the whole team repeats like in sync it's um 
it's not how you, or it's not how fast you do it it's how you do it and like he'll just say that and we're just it's like robots like we know what he wants like when he says certain phrases so i think that's okay. like kind of funny to me it's like ad libs at practice yeah i like that georgia um oh he likes to say don't get bored get better a lot mm-hmm. i hear that a lot don't get I know. he might put that on a t-shirt he likes that yeah. phrase if he doesn't, we will. So we'll have to we're gonna, we're gonna race into that. Um, last one that I have here. What has been your favorite mo- favorite moment in your hockey career, both on and off the hardwood? On, I would definitely say when we beat NC State last year in overtime. Like that was one of like the best feelings. And then off the court, um, I'd have to say either the football games or when we took our foreign tour my freshman year, like, like on campus, I love the like atmosphere of the football games, but then experiencing uh, Europe with the team was also like, just like an experience that I'll never forget. Cool. Um, on the court, definitely the win over state. Um, and then off the court, I think when our names got called for the NCAA tournament, um because we got called in the last bracket the very last bracket of the program so everyone was nervous and decided the relief um when our names got called and then the excitement like it was just a mix of emotion it was really cool that's awesome well hey you guys are having an absolutely unbelievable season um it's been a ton of fun to watch uh make sure everybody tunes in sunday four o'clock on ACC network against NC state, a big, big game. And you guys won't say it. Cause I know we got, we got Carter on here and everything, but NCAA stop being cowards and rank the women's basketball. <laughs> team. We've been floating around the top 25 all season. Stop being cowards and rank the women's basketball team. They absolutely deserve it. Um, best of luck. Best of luck. The rest of the season. Really appreciate it. Uh, we're all rooting for you. Keep up the awesome work. Gals. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. It is Thursday, January 20th. Welcome into the Sons of Saturday podcast. We got Billy Ray Mitchell up in New Jersey. Not sure how long he's going to last up in New Jersey. We don't really know. Not that long. (laughs) Not that long. More snow is falling outside of his window pane. We got Grayson Wimbish out on the West Coast calling in from sunny L.A. My name is Pat Finn, jumping in here from Charlotte, North Carolina, two and a half hour drive from Blacksburg. Shameless plug for Charlotte. We are the Sons of Saturday. We got some fun to talk about. We're going to talk about basketball. We're going to talk about the merry-go-round around the Merriman Center. Wait, can we talk about can we talk about the most interesting thing that we talked about when you hopped on the Zoom first? Pat Finn has a new accessory. Pat Finn is rocking some fantastic glasses. You got to tell us where they're from. I mean, the guy looks like Clark Kent now. I'm waiting for him to pull out his his Superman outfit. So what what's up with the change, Pat? This is a tremendous change for you. You know, the calendar hit 2022 and my vision benefits renewed. So I had, you know, I got X amount of dollars for some new glasses, X amount for some new contacts, went to get a little vision exam, picked up some Warby Parkers. I mean, you walk in there, they, they, they get you good. They send it in the mail a week later. I was walking around town with some kind of some goofy glasses. My mom said, why are you still wearing those? You know, you kind of look nerdy. 
And I said, wow. Dang, <laughs> said, Mrs. Finn. <laughs> I, said, I said, one, I can't take that. And two, you're right. So I went to Warby Parker. No free ads. Uh, we will be sending you an invoice, uh, Mr. Parker. But uh, thank you for the uh, the compliment. It's 2022, but we have 2020 vision, Pat. So I'm I, I'm ex- I'm excited for you, man. You look great. The rebrand off to 2022 is great. Um, I, I'm on board with the glasses. Thank you, thank you. So that's exciting. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about some things over the next however many minutes of this podcast. But first, two things we got to talk about. One, Hokey Haiku. Submitted by the one and only Travis Die at Gobble Shots Tailgate. B-Ball has a pulse. Grapplers have tough road ahead. Snowballs in prize hand. <laughs> I like the, I like the last line of that. That was good. That was good. I'm a fan. He he mixed multiple sport and multiple sports. Um, you know, hit on off-season sports, very inclusive haiku. But Bill, if you took a Brent snowball, a Brent price snowball to the dome and needed some Advil. Where, where would you recommend I go? Electric transition. (laughs) A plus. (laughs) You would have to, uh, of course, after putting on your glasses to make sure you don't walk into any walls or slip on any ice, uh, you'd have to walk down to main street pharmacy, right on main street in Blacksburg. Uh, Dr. Jeremy counts and his lovely staff. They will always greet you with a smile. They got Mrs. Pac-Man. They got some exclusive Sons of Saturday apparel um, and just loves the community, loves serving his community. Um, You know, just a really, really great facility with some really great options. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we all saw the snowball uh, coach pry uh, his snowballs pack a punch. They absolutely pack a punch. So um, for any of you recovering um, from the coach Pry snowball fight, please, please. Head on down to Main Street Pharmacy and get yourself taken care of. Get yourself taken care of. Um, Moving on from that, some programming updates. Uh, The one that I have for all of you is this is now official. I mentioned it on our – first of all, if you guys don't know, after Virginia Tech basketball games, we do do a Twitter space. Um, We've had great participation with that. Um, but I announced on the Twitter space last night after talking about the basketball game that there was a chance we would have a women's basketball podcast coming up here. And we have gone ahead and confirmed that uh, interviews with um, Kayla King and Georgia Amore, um women's basketball. We'll talk about it in a little bit, but off to a really, really awesome start. Um, we're saying start seasons halfway over, uh, but they're, they're doing great. Uh, so that is my programming update. Um from here so pat do you have any uh, programming updates yeah a couple more podcast related programming updates chris himes you guys know chris himes if you're big Suns fans of the podcast and if you read his articles um you know he's he's always posting fantastic articles here but um he wants to come on and talk about recruiting in the state of virginia and what the nfl talent pool in relative to Virginia talent has looked like over the last few decades and which high schools uh, they have yielded from Um, pulled up some, I think it was CFB reference and uh, we got some, some numbers to crunch and some analytics to dive into. So excited for that. That should be at some point over the next two weeks, I would imagine 
And also coming up in the next two weeks, the ACC schedule is going to come out at some point over the next 14 days. Historically, it comes out right around now. Um, you know, it'll probably be like a Tuesday morning. I don't know, but we're going to do an episode where we break down the schedule and where we break down the roster for 2022 as well. I know we've been promising that want to make sure that we can do that in depth and, um, you know, make sure it's nice and detailed for everyone. Why don't we promote that? Can like the, the sec has like a, you know, throws a freaking party whenever their, their schedule comes out. I I, like, I, I love seeing these tweets from like, David Hale, like, hey, like, here's when they released it last year. Here's when they released it a couple of years ago. Like, can we make this a little bit more of a big deal, please? I mean, people are excited. People are trying to figure it out. We should kind of generally know. Um, you know, I'm not asking for like a college football playoff 45 minute episode to tell us four teams, but I mean, can we can we get some? Can we get something teed up here? Clark <laughs> Ruland, we need him to make like a graphic with all the dates yeah. and you know a picture of Lane Stadium in the background. We know we we know you're good at that, man. Don't they, don't they do a little thing on uh, on the ACC network? I think that's kind of been a thing the last two years, maybe, where they say, hey, the schedule's dropping tomorrow morning at 9, tune in to the ACC network, it's you know 25 minutes. Um, but here's the thing. The ACC schedule should not be coming out in January. It should be coming out in August of the prior year, like the SEC does, so they can schedule their weddings appropriately so you're not scheduling a fall wedding. Um Hashtag no fall weddings, but uh, well, the schedule would kind of be not important if you're just not scheduling a fall wedding at all. Technically, weddings are for the bye week. How about just don't get married in the fall? I mean, isn't that the whole premise of no fall? Like, no, like it's very simple no fall weddings. There's no, no fall wedding, There's no fall, fall weddings fall. except the bye game, the bye week, or the FCS opponent week. I, 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 I go somewhere else. I know people get upset if we go to Texas or we go to LSU, but on the bye weekend during, you know, FCS games, we we go elsewhere. A friend <laughs> of the podcast, a friend of the podcast who I, who will rent, remain anonymous uh, has a fall wedding during a Virginia Tech football game, and uh, I got I got a bone to pick. You haven't, told me about, you haven't told me about that yet. I don't know who it's, that is. It's our boy Carson DeWolf. Fine. Well, I'll, I'll no, spill the beans. No, no longer anonymous. <laughs> no longer anonymous. I know he's listening right now. Come on, Carson. You sure? What are you doing, dog? Dude, what are you, you doing? Sure? You are not – you are You are the anti-Nathan Hale of uh, <laughs> keeping things under wraps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, he's listening right now. I will oh, him a little man. bit. Well, uh, Pat, you have one more. Uh, I guess this is a uh, – or no, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm turned around here. Uh, so here's our um wow section. Um wow. So the um wow section is kicked off by the fact that we are 1,500 donors away from achieving Drive for 25. We have been painting Drive for 25 on the Lane Stadium field since Jesus rose from the dead. We have been doing it since Noah's Ark. Uh, landed in Turkey. We have been doing it since the Wright brothers took off on planes. We have done it since, um, you know, just any other historical moment. And we're almost there. We've been doing it. We've been doing it since our last coastal championship. So it has been a long time. Yeah. 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 We've been doing it for a very, very long time. And we are right on the precipice, SAT word, precipice of crossing that finish line or not finish line crossing that uh achievement line because then it's going to be you know uh reach for five hundred thousand. but anyway we need 1500 people to sign up for the hockey club if you have friends 
if you're lucky enough to have friends, ask them to join the Hokie Club, sign up for them with the Hokie Club, um, gift them the gift of being in the Hokie Club, whatever you need to do, get people on board um, with that. So uh, 1,500 people away. Pretty excited about that. And shameless plug while we're talking numbers here. Sons of Saturday on Twitter. No, not Twitter. Instagram. Sons of Sat VT. We are 90 followers away from 10,000 on Instagram. So please give us a follow at Sons of Sat VT for all of your hokey content on the Instagram machine. So let's start talking about what's going on in Virginia Tech lands. So yeah, Virginia Tech found a way to beat NC State 62 to 59 despite being outscored 38 to 27 in the second half. Guys, want to get your thoughts on the game last night. We'll start with you, Grayson, um, from the game last night. Yeah, man. I um I was I was worried, like many people. I uh, I saw Doug Bowman's <laughs> hokey heartbreak express tweet, and I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go again. As soon as Doug, it's cryptic. It's like anytime Doug Bowman tweets that, we end up losing the football game. I can't remember the last time. Oh, wait, it was last night. Um, you know, I, I like the way the guys fought, especially on the road. Any any time that you can get an ACC road win, no matter how you do it, that's a big deal. The ACC in basketball, it's the toughest conference to play in. Um, you know, I, I, I thought our guys fought hard. Uh, I'm just glad we held on. I'm so glad we held on. I, uh, you know, I think people need to to ease up a little bit. I've, I've seen on the Twitter timeline, like, you know, they're, they're adding players and everything. It's like, bro, don't do that. Don't do that. Our guys are fighting hard and, uh, we have a tough road coming up, but I'm just, I'm just bottom line. Glad we held on, glad we held on. And I still think that there's a lot of fight left in this team. So Pat, what do you got, man? What'd you think? Yeah, um, we got away from dominating down low, which is what – I mean, Justin Mutz and Aluma had great games down low, and we we tried to take too many shots outside of the three-point line and just force too many of those late. That combined with turnovers late, as you you guys know, the, um, the Aline turnovers uh, late in the game with two minutes left were <laughs> – built up the uh, the old hard palpitations a little bit but honestly like um a veteran team you know should not be letting this type of game slip away like that uh, there's too many folks who have a lot of game experience under their belts to uh let a 17 point lead dwindle like that um obviously good to see us on the right side of this win um and you know have a two game winning streak now but um, definitely need to tighten some things up moving forward. And, you know, there's a lot of game to play, and I think we can. But, um, you know, I think it's fair to say that this team still should very much act like their backs are against the wall. A couple of things that I, uh, that, that I noticed, too. Um, we only shot four three free throws last night. Uh, have to find a way. And that, that honestly points to a bigger problem. We just do not have the ability to get into the paint, get fouled and go to the free throw line. Um, it's been a problem all year. I don't think that there is a player on the roster that necessarily fix that prop fixes that problem. Um, but, you know, diving into the numbers here, three for four from the free throw line after Sean Padula and his massive cojones stepped up last night and knocked down two free throws to seal, uh, to put us up three points. 
Um, but other than that, I mean, we, we had five blocks to NC States one, we had, uh, you know, 17 fouls to NC States 11 biggest lead was 18. We had the lead wire to wire. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating seeing this team when they're good and when they're clicking and then kind of seeing how we fall apart towards the end of basketball games. But I'd be remiss if I didn't tip my cap to Justin Mutz, who is, in my opinion, just kind of the heart and soul of this basketball team, whether it's on the defensive end of the court, whether it's, you know, running, getting guys excited, being a leader. Um, he was six for eight last night with 13 points, um, two blocks, nine rebounds. I mean, he's just an awesome player. He's so fun to watch. And an, another guy too, Hunter Couture, cool customer, knocking down threes. Anytime that NC State seemed to go on a run, the ball found Hunter Couture and Hunter Couture found the bottom of the net. So I came across this house with water um, dripping from the ESPN ceiling. Again, you never know when something like this about happen. Geico. So let the so. Geico insurance. <laughs> ESPN, ESPN. Whoa! Hunter Couture or not Hunter Couture? Justin Mutz when he threw up that prayer three pointer. What were you guys saying? Um, I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, like that's kind of what's so frustrating is we don't have. Uh, you know, I said this kind of tongue in cheek, but I, I do believe it. You know how valuable a guy like Landers Nolly would be on this team this year? A guy you could just give the ball to and say, look, you got six seconds, like find a way to score a bucket. Like that's, like yeah. that, that's it. Um, and yeah. that's what this team is really, really missing is the ability to do that. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's kind of been the problem or, you know, you look at a Jalen Cohn or, or some other guys in Hokies past. Um, that's, that's what's really hurt us. And we thought that, you know, Everybody, when Tyrese Radford left, it's, oh, we're going to miss his defense. Oh, we're going to miss his ability to mismatch. No, we really just miss his ability to get in the paint. Like, that, yep. like that's it. So, um, you know, I think this basketball team has talent. And um, the next kind of segment that I wanted to talk about before we try to you know play a little game here about how to fix these problems is the truth about Storm, Nur- Storm Murphy and Naheem Aline. Here's the fact about Storm Murphy, okay? Storm came in, and everybody talked about Storm Murphy like Isaiah Thomas was transferring in. And I'm not talking about short Isaiah Thomas from the Celtics, who I love. I'm talking about Isaiah Thomas from the Pistons, all-time NBA player. Um, And he put up great numbers at Wofford. Um, Coach Young was excited about bringing him in. Um, And if we're being truthful, Storm really, really struggled in the month of November. Um, he was shooting about 44%, but the real issue here was he had 15 turnovers to 12 assists. I mean, we only had nine free throw attempts in the month of November through seven games. Uh, really, really seemed to struggle when we played when we played Xavier and when we played Memphis. Um, but in the month of December, he improved. He went from 44% to 47%. Um, and... Uh, you know, in the month of January, he was shooting above 50% after the COVID break. And it was like, okay, looks like we're getting back to form. Obviously last night, not an ideal performance, but I truly do believe Storm Murphy is not nearly having nearly as bad a year as a lot of people are projecting. Uh, He is a career 46% career 46% field goal shooter. He's shooting 45% currently. Um, The free throw numbers are not good. The win share is not good, but at the end of the day, I do think that he's a guy that will figure it out. I think that he, you know, struggled last night, played well against Notre Dame. Um, 
the guy that I'm really struggling to wrap my head around is Naheem Aline. Um, and I think the silver lining here is I find it really difficult to believe that Storm Murphy and Naheem Aline will continue to have this type of output um, for the rest of the season. Uh, I think Keve Aluma is somebody that we all kind of were shaking our head at at the beginning of the season. He's found a way. He's he's come around ever since the COVID break. He's really turned it around. But Naheem Aline, man, I mean, just a really, really – I'm having my I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around it. it Scratching it looks, your head, man. Yeah, it looks like he's rushing his shot. He looks uncomfortable. Um, but what I love about Coach Young, and I think what a lot of these players admire about Coach Young, is he's not really wavered. He hasn't taken minutes away. He hasn't sat him. Um, you know, some people may have a problem with that. If this continues at this rate, I think everybody's going to have a problem with it. But – the confidence that he instills in his players and the trust that he puts in his players, if it pays off, I think this basketball team can be really, really good. I think, you know, you have to, you have to look at the the remaining games on our schedule. We don't have an easy road ahead. I'm glad that we've gotten these last two wins over Notre Dame and NC State. If you look at kind of what I will call the back nine of our schedule, the Hokies have UNC twice. Oof, Armando Baycott's a menace. Miami twice, Georgia Tech twice. We got UVA once, Louisville, Clemson, Syracuse, Florida State, and Pittsburgh once left on the docket. So with that remaining schedule, uh, you have to have statement wins on the bulk majority of these games to make the tournament at this point. Right now, I say we're a bubble team teetering on the NIT. Uh, You know, I, I agree with you, Bill, in the sense that Kevin Aluma, that man has gotten his swagger back after the COVID break. That man is playing with the most confidence I've seen all season. We talked about Eileen, uh, Naheem Aline, you know, a little worried about that. Does Darius Maddox need to play more? I'm not the head basketball coach. I think he should probably get some more minutes. I think he's a very talented basketball player. Um, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, Coach Young is going to do what he thinks is best. Uh, and is going to try and put us in the best position to help the team win. Um, how do you guys feel about the back half of our schedule? Uh, you know, just thoughts, any premonitions? Honestly, I, I, I don't. I personally, at this point, don't think we'll win more than half these games. I think we could win half, yeah. but I don't think we'll win more than half of these games. That's just my opinion. I'm. Uh, you know, uh, you know me. I'm I, I'm an optim I'm 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 an optimist. It's just the way that it is. Um, sure. But the ACC, the fact here's the fact, Jack. The ACC is down. Okay. UNC has gotten blown out by every real basketball team that they have played this year. Uh, Miami is the number one team in the ACC as it currently stands. Florida State, they're technically a bubble team right now. And then Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Syracuse, UVA. I don't know. I, I I feel like we have a really good opportunity to, I feel like we've played our worst basketball. I feel like our worst basketball is behind us. And this team is kind of growing up in front of us where we thought that we had, uh, we have this senior laden team with, with all this experience and they're going to come in. This isn't a senior laden team that you get every three and a half years. When you look at Iowa state in the tournament. This isn't the senior laden team that you get when Wisconsin makes the final four. This is, you know, Storm Murphy came in. He's a transfer. Justin Mutz came in. He's a transfer. Kevin Luma's played a lot of basketball, but in reality, he's not a senior. We don't have any fifth, sixth year seniors on this basketball team. There's no Devin Wilson. Um, this and he's a transfer, transfer too. 
Exactly. This isn't isn't the 2019 team that we saw go to, um, you know, uh, go to the sweet 16. So I think as we're watching in real time, especially someone like Storm Murphy, who hasn't participated in a league like the ACC, seen the length, seen the strength, seen the athleticism in a league like that, he's going to get better game in and game out. And again, I'll come back to this. Naheem Aline against Notre Dame played his best game. He was eight for 10, scored 22 points. Um, and he shot 80% from the three-point line. He's going to get better. I refuse to believe that he is going to continue to put up 18%, 30%, 10%, 14%, 27%. These are some field goal numbers. I refuse to believe that that's going to continue. Um, uh, so, you know, I think that our basketball best basketball is ahead of us, and I think this basketball team is maturing. Maybe not as fast as we thought it would, but I think that it will continue to mature as we play more basketball games. I really like that outlook. I like that outlook a lot. The ACC picked a great year to be bad when we were not playing well. You know, the door door is open for us to, you know, we have what, 13 games left? You you go 500, you go a game above 500, you're probably looking at a last four in or, you know, something, something along those lines. Like right now, Ken Palm has us in the top 30. I have no idea how. I know that we played a really tough out-of-conference schedule, and that probably has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, that Navy win is aging pretty well. Not as I think uh, the, the Navy win is aging better than the St. Bonnie's win. But um, there's a lot of ball to be played. We have six home games left as well. It's good to you know, have students back in Castle Coliseum and giving us that edge at home, including a game against Carolina at home. I think Miami is also um, coming to Castle later this year. There's a lot of teams in the ACC that are going to be, you know, one or two games either above or below 500. And it's what Virginia Tech does against those teams and those close games, you know, stealing ones on the road. We didn't steal the game last night, but, you know, it's not easy to win on the road in the ACC and you win a game like last night. Um, it, it still is going to instill confidence in this ball club moving forward. So there's still a, a lot of basketball to be played. There's still a lot for these players to learn. There's still a lot of minutes to be seen from uh, David Gasson and uh, Darius Maddox and Ojiako yeah. had a nice dunk last night. Like Padula was unbelievable with those free throws and he's just an incredibly efficient player probably more of a liability on defense um, since, you know, he's a freshman, him and Maddox, but I, I still think if you're, if you're closing the book on this team, then, you know, you're going to, you're going to miss a lot of fun opportunities to see them grow as well. Sure. And I love this team, man. I love, I, I, I love the leadership. Like it would look, it would be very easy for storm Murphy to, to get frustrated and be, you know, kind of a net negative or, you know, other guys to kind of throw their hands in the air. I think they all have kind of adopted the, the coach young mentality where, you know, we're going to continue to shoot. We're going to continue to find a way out and hopefully they fight their way to the other end of this. Um, These guys ride for each other, man. Like the, the, the energy is palpable. You see them on the sidelines, the guys who aren't playing as much as the, you know, the starting five, they're always hype. They always stand up when the substitutions are coming in and out. Uh, And I, I I love that. I love the energy of the team. Um, And I I hope they surprise us, man. Uh, I, I really, really do. So looking back, uh, the, the one game that I wanted to play is I, if you could draft any player 
from Hokie basketball's past. And by Hokie's basketball past, I'm talking about Buzz Williams era forward um, to put on this roster. Who would that be? I, I'll start this conversation. I'm drafting, and this goes off of the point that Billy Ray made earlier in this podcast. I tweeted this after the Notre Dame game, I think. The one thing that this team lacks is a razor guy, a guy that is not afraid to charge the paint, attack the rim, get inside, draw fouls. So if, if it's me, knowing what I know now, I'm, I'm drafting Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He was an excellent passer. He was a guy who was not afraid to just crash the board, attack the basket, attack the rim. He's dangerous in the paint. He has nice ball handling skills. And then he's dangerous on the perimeter, too. He could shoot the three ball, had a nice stroke. And then he was tall, tall for his position as a as a, as a shooting guard. Um, yeah, you know, Nikhil was nice with it, man. So if, if we could have him on this team, I think he could do some serious damage. Pat, draft pick. The junkyard dog, the guy over at Texas A&M, Tyrese Radford would be probably the missing key of this roster. You know, you guys know how effective he was for us over the past few years. Um, now he's having a pretty solid season over at um, Texas A&M. He's averaging nine points, five and a half rebounds, a steal, and uh, just over an assist per game. And AM's having a great season over uh over that over there in college station. But guy can just get to the rim. He can get to the rim, he can get rebounds, and just had all the intangibles that you know wasn't gonna light up the stat sheet and score, you know, 17 and a half points per game. But the fact that he could get to the rim, uh, you know, was was pretty uh pretty determinant of things that we are not benefiting benefiting from right now um you know we don't have someone who can who can just get to the rim uh, at all costs like a justin robinson for example you know like a malcolm delaney get to the rim get to the free throw line tyrese radford the junkyard dog he was also just just a hard-nosed player and i think this team this is you know not to throw any shade at the team but i feel like radford just played harder than a lot of the guys on the current roster as really yeah you think you think effort? And I'm not I'm not zagging. I just uh, you think effort is an issue with how this team is performing right now. I think early on this team looked pretty soft. Okay, um, Redford never looked soft. I would tend to agree with you, um, but I think my biggest frustration point was not necessarily because, for example, last night I thought I felt that last night was as frustrating as it was. It was an extremely we showed a great deal of tenacity to not quit on the road consistently giving up. Uh, you know, there were several moments in that game where you're like, dude, this is over. They're about to blow the doors off. They're about to break the ceiling here. Uh, and they were able to fight back when I thought this team was soft. It wasn't necessarily Keve Aluma being soft. It was kind of his lack of taking over a basketball game when you know, he's the best player on the court. And I think that since the COVID break, especially he's really kind of broken through in that regard. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I, I think this team's just trying to figure it out and they don't really have kind of an alpha dog. And, and that's my pick. And I actually really, really considered going with Wabisa Beattie, which is so funny because that was kind of the joke was, no, I don't want to see Wabisa on, Beattie on this basketball team. I don't want to see this basketball team. And I'm, I kept saying to myself off all offseason, 
Uh, it certainly wouldn't hurt to have Wabisabidi on this basketball team. He's a guy who's been a long, around for a long time. He's got experience. He's played in you know March Madness and has had really, really difficult minutes. Is he who you want shooting a three-pointer with 13 seconds on the clock left? No, but he's the kind of guy that can settle everyone down and kind of take the reins. Also, for everybody to know, we left Justin Robinson off of this so we could get a little bit more creative because I think that's who most people would pick. So I went with Seth Allen. Um, Seth Allen, you would be hard pressed to find a player in Virginia tech history who hit more big shots than Seth Allen did in his short time at Virginia tech. Um, he was a true senior, uh, leader on that basketball team, him and Zach Liday with a group of young guys. Uh, you remember that 2019 team, all of them were just pups when Seth Allen was still on that roster. Um, his senior year, he shot 53% uh, on 13 points a game, 40% from the three-point line. And also, he was a guy who – and and the guys on this team are like that as well. But it really stood out how much of a team player he was. Um, when Justin Robinson was uh, – you know, when he had a buzz cut and he was kind of the young guy in town and Seth Allen was running everything, um, he had no issue with Justin Robinson coming in and getting minutes um, – and that led to Justin Robinson becoming the basketball player that he was, was all of that experience that he got. And it increased the ceiling of that basketball team. So I went with Seth Allen. I, I think this team really struggles with, I mean, we saw it yesterday, Pat, three turnovers in 39 seconds. It seems like anytime there's, you know, high stress, high strung situations, we kind of just can't figure it out. Whether it's if we're getting caught in the press, if we get can't caught break the press. Yeah. So he's the type of guy that I think would be able to handle that. So that was my pick. Good job. I enjoyed, I enjoyed that exercise guys. Um, moving right along to Virginia tech women's basketball. As I said, uh, we are having on a couple of the student athletes to talk about their, ex, uh, really exciting start. Um, but the highlight of my, of my day every day is when Evan Hughes texts in the group chat saying the women's basketball team plays so-and-so. And if we win, it'll be the first time that the team is X and X. <laughs> That's the kind of season that it's been for Virginia Tech women's basketball. Uh, tonight they play Pittsburgh with the chance to go six and one in conference for the first time in program history. Huge. Extremely, extremely impressive job by, uh, by coach Brooks um, and that team. Uh, they also play number four NC state on Sunday, which is the number four team in America. That will be a tremendous challenge. I want to shout out the castle guard. They did a great job showing out. Um, but uh, yeah, women's team, you're doing an awesome job. Really, really excited uh, and proud of what you guys are doing. So we got some shooters on the on the Lady Hokey squad, man. We, we got do, some man. shooters. We got some shooters in the Lakeys. Uh, Lakeys on the <laughs> Lady Ho- dude. It, you drive me nuts with the Lady Hokies thing because I think look, man, look that, that, that that dates all the way back to uh, to high school. I say that because we used to call our women's basketball team the Lady Wildcats. So it's just like the Lady Hokies. You okay. Know? All right. Yeah. The, lady, the lady Hokies are killing lady it. Hokies. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, just, just excited. And uh, you get free pizza tonight. If you go to the game, I know the game will be over by the time this drops, but if you didn't go to the game and you're listening to this podcast, you missed, missed out on free pizza. So don't do that again. Um, <laughs> moving right along. We're going to wrestling. Our wrestling team is the number seven team in the United States of America. And they wrestle the number five team in the United States of America on Friday, January 21st. That is tomorrow. Uh, and they also had a huge win against George Mason. They won 31 to 15 at the Moss Art Center. I got to say, that's one of the coolest things that I've seen any school do, honestly. Um, wrestling in the Moss Art Center, 
Um, the way that they dress that up and the way that they promote that, the wrestling team does a really, really good job. So looking to close out this uh, wrestling season strong. We had a little bit of a rough patch. We lost to uh, Arizona State, who's number six, and Cornell, who's number 11, back-to-back on the 20th and the 21st. But I've bounced back. Um, that's your update on wrestling. Um, Pat, we're moving on to football. Um, but you have a real opportunity to make money off of some football with the playoffs here. So why don't you go ahead and take it away with our, uh, our ad read here for DraftKings? So we are on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, you can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? You can still get in on all the action of the divisional round with same game parlays combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Here's the call to action, folks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code SOS and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code SOS for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Virginia only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, Call the Virginia Problem Gambling Helpline, 888-532-3500. Woo! Oh, DraftKings ads, ads, man. Y'all better sign up because Pat's out here reading the Declaration of Independence for you guys to, to, to get your to get your DraftKings uh, lined up here. DraftKings and Queens. We're going to talk some football. Pat. There is a million reasons to be excited about stuff going on with current Virginia Tech student athletes that are playing games right now, but could Virginia tech be doing a better job in what they're given to do right now from a football front? Listen, I, all I want for Christmas 2022 is a tour de Virginia t-shirt. I want a list of every single high school that these coaches are visiting like a band t-shirt for a concert tour. Cause these guys are everywhere. Um, I swear, it's like Sean Quinn is spreading across Northern Virginia. Fontel Mines is digging deep around the, uh, where was he today? He was at Phoebus today. Um, it's unbelievable. Just opening up Twitter every single day, seeing, you know, this group of coaches in this area, this group of coaches in that area, you know, whether it's 757, Richmond, Northern Virginia, this is home, you know, take back the state. Everyone is fired up. Um, you know, high school coaches getting in on the action pictures at deep Creek Lake high school in front of, uh, you know, D hall and James Anderson, Daryl tap, uh, Vegas Robinson. Like these guys are, they're getting fired up and it's cool to see how excited everyone is about it. Um, you know, it's like the take back the state tour. So I'm pumped. What do you guys think? 
I uh, I think the hire of Fontel Mines is is so pleasantly ironic, given the fact that he is a graduate of the University of Virginia. Uh, he was a standout wide receiver for the Wahoos. For those of you who did not know that, he started in 20 games, 68 career receptions for 737 yards, and had five touchdowns in Charlottesville. Uh, he also played in the NFL for two years for the Chicago Bears. But most importantly, and he just tweeted this two hours ago, uh, he's also a product of Hermitage High School in Richmond, Virginia. Well, why is that important? Because for a long time, that was a recruiting pipeline for us. He tweeted that he is coming home tomorrow. He will be there with Coach DJ Cheetah and Coach Pry tomorrow uh, to go back to his high school. For those who don't know, Dwayne Brown, starting left tackle for the Seattle Seahawks. Jeez, how many years now? 14-year NFL vet at this point? Long time. Is it? Long time, product of Hermitage High School. Hokies might also remember Curtis Grant. He was the number one linebacker recruit in 2011. He committed the Ohio State Buckeyes. Derek Green, the number one running back in the Commonwealth and actually in the country in 2013, who committed to the University of Michigan. A lot of talent comes out of Hermitage High School where Coach Fontel Mines played. Uh, I think think it's huge for recruiting there and in the greater Richmond area in general. Uh, to have someone who knows the area well. We've kind of let recruiting slip in the 804. Uh, probably over the past 10 years, that goes beyond the Fuente regime, even back to Beamer's denouement. Uh, so I'm I'm gassed about having him on the on the coaching staff. And then, you know, obviously we talked about it at DB. I I, I kind of, you know, I was bummed that that coach DB didn't make the trip to Phoebus, you know, his his alma mater today. But uh maybe, maybe, maybe he wasn't in Blacksburg yet. Because I saw he just changed his like background on on his Twitter, so I'm I'm happy about that, Coach DB. Welcome, welcome home. I'm just gas, guys. These guys are everywhere. They're everywhere, and this is we needed this. This is the energy. Bring it all day long. Fontel Mines is huge. <laughs> He's a very large man. Yeah. They, uh, it was him and Pry and Cheetah. I forget who was fourth in the picture. Um. But Mines was opposite Cheetah. And Mines next to Cheetah, it's like David and Goliath. Like, and Cheetah's, you know, Cheetah's not a tiny dude. Tyler Bowen, have you guys seen how tall? Very he is? large, man. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna Very have tall. two uh just beasts uh coaching up the wide receivers and the tight ends, and uh probably get some big boys on the offense, but I'm excited about that. Yes, about it. Yeah, the only thing, uh, only complaint I have here is, look, I'm going to call it how I see it. This 757 thing that we dealt with, and granted, it's been laid to rest. People have apologized. The bridges have been repaired. What are we doing? So so last week, um, Derek Jones tweets out, great first day in my new recruiting area, and I leave the 757 headed back for Big Junior Day on campus tomorrow. So Coach Scott who um, is the head football coach at Oscar Smith. Oscar Smith produces incredible talent in the state of Virginia, um, wins state championships, like, you know, they're going out of style. Um, but he tweets, passive-aggressive tweet, we're really excited about VT coming to see all of our guys. Hopefully we'll catch you next time, Coach. Coach Jones immediately hops back on the Twitter machine. Um, not sure what time it is, but he, he answers same day, and he says, hey, I'm, I'm back all next week, uh, Coach. 
And then we just got getting this like little, little like pissing contest of like, why are you in the 757 and not visiting Oscar Smith? What is the deal? Yada, yada, yada. Cut credit to Coach Jones for getting on there and saying, hey, look, you're obviously a priority. I think it's pretty obvious that Oscar Smith's going to be a priority for Virginia Tech. Um, and that Coach Mines is in charge of recruiting your territory. Um, but, you know, it, it was good to see it come back and get better. Um, when Coach Pry and Coach Mines made it to Oscar Smith, they took a picture with Eli Harold, who went to the University of Virginia. Um, and he put out a tweet with both of them saying, glad I got to apologize in person to my guy, Coach Mines. Thanks for dropping by. My point is, look, the 757, fact of the matter is there are a ton of egos in the 757. Uh, there's a lot of pride and there's a lot of history that comes from the 757. Um, but if this staff can find a way to create relationships with those coaches, with those players, get a pipeline back to those high schools like Oscar Smith, which is an incredible high school, uh, and start bringing those players to Virginia Tech, it is going to dramatically help the future of Virginia Tech. So, yes, there are a lot of egos. Yes, it is a different place to recruit, but it looks like we're making headway in that department. Yeah. Like, if you were recruiting in 2023, you might say, hey, where is the talent in the 757? There is one, one 757 player um, in the entire top 15 of the state of Virginia in 2023. Most of the talent's coming out of Richmond. You got like three or four guys out of Highland Springs, uh, including Lauren Johnson's son, Raylan Johnson. Um, you got three guys in the top 10 in the state of Virginia in 2023 already committed to Penn State. So, you know, how much action can this can this uh, staff get on this 2023 class as far as just attacking, you know, those top recruits? But at the same time, guys, building these relationships with the coaches in the 757, understanding that there are diamonds in the rough everywhere, but the 757, you know, specifically has a lot of those diamonds in the rough. And having those relationships with coaches and uh, being able to identify that talent and bring them to Blacksburg and develop them, it's going to be huge. It's paramount. It's everything, dude. It's everything. Also, I think I caught wind that one of the reasons we're seeing so many pictures with high school coaches is because there's actually a new rule that has been essentially legalizing these pictures. Like you are not allowed to publicize high school coaches on social media or something. And that rule actually changed like a week ago. So that's why we've seen so much of it. Yeah, I, I think it's a combination of two things. Like, obviously, even them walking to the private jet, even them, you know, taking pictures outside the jet, holding iced coffee, all that. Like, I, I love that. Like, I, I love seeing that stuff. So I, sick. I kind of, uh, kind of rally behind that. So, um, but yeah, that that is a rule change. Taking pictures with the coaches, taking pictures with the uh, in the different gyms. Um, that's new. We haven't been allowed to do that in the past, and and now we are. So, uh, which I think is dumb. I think that's – I don't understand. A lot of the stuff that the NCAA does is done. That is a fact. That is a fact, Jack. That is, that is Do not get it twisted. Uh, that is their <laughs> MO. Um, but the the next thing that I have here is just kind of going through the checklist that um, Mr. Babcock provided. We went through this with um, – Pat, you and I went through this with uh, Chris Himes when we did the coaching search, and I just kind of took all of the check, locks, check boxes and want to kind of say where is Coach Pry in terms of these uh, check boxes. First, 
a proven track record of success as an assistant. I think we can all say check there uh, as a, as an assistant, a coach yeah. that fits- my, my, Micah Parsons is kind of all you need to point at. Sure. Sure. Um, a coach that fits the values of Virginia tech and what we stand for. I mean, it certainly appears that way. It certainly appears that way. Um, so we'll say check there as well. This one. I mean, this is the biggest check I think in the history of checks here, a coach <laughs> that will engage. This is like the, you hit the halftime shot, um, you know, for $50,000 check, uh, a coach that will engage the community successfully locally and beyond resounding. Yes. Um, we can talk about it for a second, Pat, you just mentioned it with the new rule. Um, this, I mean, we got snowball fight. Um, Listen, if there was anyone who had any reservations about, you know, coach pry, as far as just engaging the community. And I don't think there's anyone who had those reservations, but if they had any type of reservations about that, I mean, you, you got to look at, look at the snowball fight. I mean, does that win you a football game on Saturday? No, but does that engage the community and get the fan base pumped, which is a big part of the job? Yes, absolutely. I also, you know, people may be surprised to hear me say this, but um, I've heard some people say like, this has to be a photo opportunity. You know, somebody told him that there's a, fu- a snowball fight. Yes, obviously someone told him there's a snowball fight. Who gives it? Block a kid's ears. Who gives a shit? If the guy's <laughs> going out there and he's showing face and he's throwing he snowball. Like, he wants to be there. He wouldn't, he wouldn't show up if he didn't want to be there. Who cares if somebody told him who cares if he went out there and took some pictures? I don't have a problem with it. I love it. I thought it was awesome. I think the approval rating for that type of activity should be right around a hundred percent. In a time where not a lot of people agree on a lot of things, we can all agree that that was pretty awesome. Like uh, that, that only happens once a year, civilian versus court cadet snowball fight, a tradition as old as time. He's out there shaking hands with the core yeah. cadets. Coach Pride and pick sides. Like, dude, that's gangster. Awesome. Like that, that gets people fired up. I will say something that people probably don't all agree on. And I want us yeah. all to agree on this. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Hashtag LGH sucks and it has to stop. You are, I, you are I, out I, of I, your I'm mind. I'm playing mediator to this. It I'm has playing to mediator. It has you are to out of your mind. It literally has to stop. I, I I love a lot of the things that the staff is doing. And you know what? I think if, I, you know, if we hired a, if we hired a swimming coach tomorrow and they started tweeting hashtag LGH, everyone would be like, yo, coach, coach Brown, dude, like that's not what we do here. It's, it's, it's let's go Hokies hashtag LGH. You can, you can get a packet. I think coach Pry has built up and this staff has built up so much positive energy that no one's going to zag the LGH. I hate it. I hate it. Pat, speak, speak your piece, dog. Billy, you are the, you're the only one. And I'm not, you know, I'm not the only one. This is, this is a, this is a highly, a highly, uh, a highly debated topic. Oh, I, I'm all for LGH. Like, dude, just get on. What are you doing? Just get on with it. (laughs) It's three letters. It's short for let's go Hokies. Like what? Okay. What, what are you bringing to the table? What's your idea? I love nothing LGH. Was with, nothing was wrong with let's go Hokies. I mean, nothing was wrong with hashtag let's go Hokies. I mean, 
Dude. If we're being honest here, hashtag grit is cooler than hashtag. Nah, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> this is why. This is why. This is why no one is going to agree with you because yeah, no, it's you're, not. you're trying to keep grit around. Okay, yeah. okay, throw throw grit away. Throw grit away. I just don't like the it's abbreviation. Gone. I'm not a. I'm not. I'm not a fan. I don't like the LGH thing. I'm surprised you do. I thought you wouldn't. I thought you'd be a traditionalist. Um, but I, I love LG, LGH. I, Coach Cheetah is a. Uh, he's a marketing genius. He brought up, you know, he says it's LGH. a great day to be a hokey, and then he says LGH because it. Why say it's a great day to be a hokey? Let's go hokies. You just said hokies, so we're just gonna say LGH. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. I'm gonna I'm gonna be annoying. I'm gonna be annoying here and say that I'm kind of like in the middle on it. Do I love it? Not really. Do I hate it? Not at all. I'm just kind of like. I feel like LGH has probably been a been a hashtag for a lot of things in the past. Like, I don't know. Let's get halal food. Like, like, like let's get uh, let's get hammered. Yeah, yeah, let's get hammered. There you go. <laughs> it, it, it could it could be used for a lot of different things. And maybe as someone on Twitter and you see LGH, you're, you're the first thing you're thinking of isn't let's go hokies, but right. also at the same time, you know. I accept the things that are new and the the new direction, and I like the the energy around it. So I'm like, I don't hate it. I'm just kind of not completely sold on it. We'll put a poll out. We'll pull. A po- we'll put a poll out. But I think if we're being honest, Pat, you may not think this way, but I think a lot a lot of people are airing towards liking it more than they normally would because of all of the positivity. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you bought in that internal equity and people are just buying in and eating it up. I think if he tweeted, I think think if he tweeted out, you know, um, uh, do the hokey pokey, people would be getting on board with it because they've been just so awesome. Yeah, that's how that's how how the human mind works. We heard all these good things about our team going, you know, coming out of camp last year. And you thought they were going going to go nine and three because you heard all these. Don't say me. We, we, we we don't go me. We, we both thought we were. I I thought we were going to go seven. I was. I was going to, I was going to say eight and four. You said nine and three. I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm putting you on that, on that plane because you're trying to zag me. Okay. All right. LGH. I'm a big LGH guy right now. Okay. If this staff goes belly up, guess who's not going to be an LGH guy? Me. Guess who else isn't going to be a big LGH guy? Everyone else. That's just how it works. Okay. Like that is how the human mind works. If I just associate people associate things and phrases with winners, and if they are winning and they do things a certain way or promote certain things, other people are gonna get on board. It's like Big Cat for Barstool's coffee thing. I think Big Cat's really funny, he posts really good memes. I want to buy Big Cat's coffee Christmas sweaters, and I did. If Big Cat wasn't funny, I wouldn't buy his stuff. If Coach Cheetah wasn't a great marketing guy, I wouldn't believe in LGH either. But here we are. If here you, we are. If there was an LGH shirt on a rack, would you buy it? I, I've come, I'm considering Hi. texting Al Jones and saying, can we get LGH merch made right now? So, yes. Okay. I actually meant to do that like four days ago, and I forgot. So, going to do it right Thanks now. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> Uh, moving on to the next, uh, the other check, check marks, a leader and CEO that has character and competence TBD. I mean, you know, I don't have a reason to not believe that. I don't really think that 
we have a reason to, I don't know, uh, a teacher and educator that's committed to the total student athlete experience of what it develops in young people, TBD again, uh, a coach with a vision and plan and tremendous ability to recruit the footprint successfully. Resounding yes. Uh, in terms of like a plan, yes. In terms of people getting committed and all of that. A coach who can do player evaluation, player development, and hires a complimentary staff around him. I think he's hired a great complimentary staff. Um, and we'll see with the player development and the player uh, evaluation. And a coach that is comfortable in being in the paradigm. This was the weirdest one. In the paradigm of being at the top of the ACC. I mean, I hope so. I, I think I, <laughs> if he's not, I, I'm going to be pretty bummed out. So, you know, I, I think Coach Pry isn't starting his meetings with how do we go six and six. So, <laughs> but anyway, um, Pat, I know you have some recruiting, uh, some recruiting stuff for us. Uh, yeah, actually, let's see. All these notes that I had written down. It's pretty much just talking about how most of the talent in 2023 isn't out of the 757 it's it's richmond based highland springs liberty or uh, life christian academy but um what i did want to comment on is that the 2023 class you know time to get underway no commits yet in 2023 and looking at the top of the leaderboard notre dame and georgia both have seven four stars committed to their 2023 classes already um so Get to the 757, get to 804, get to Nova, build those relationships, get those diamonds in the rough and develop some talent and, and get her going. But um, I, I'm interested to see how much of the 2023 class will come from Virginia. You know, Coach Price press conference said he'll go up to Harrisburg if he needs to, because there's a lot of talent up there. He'll go down to, to the Carolinas and, you know, as far as Florida, um, you know, that six hour radius around Blacksburg. Loved his presser, by the way. I guess we didn't talk about his presser, but. You know, his presser was awesome. I think uh, if you want to draw parallels, I think the coffee sipping is akin to the uh, to the Fuente water bottle. I, I didn't love the uh, the I, that kind of drove me nuts. But the guys that look, the guy's great at PR. I, I you know, get him on stage as many times as you possibly. I, I feel the way I feel about him. Very similar to how I felt when Coach Hamilton spoke about Virginia Tech. Um, you leave feeling refreshed, you leave feeling energized. Um, and I really enjoy hearing from them. You know what it's like? It's like, uh, it's like that line in super bad. Um, <laughs> Seth's like, have you ever looked in his eyes? It's like, uh, have you ever heard him speak in front of a crowd? It's like the first time I heard the Beatles. <laughs> he's, he's awesome. I'm, I'm, I, I'm all in. I've, I, I've really enjoyed it. Pat, I know you have this UVA uh, coaching breakdown. Let's save that, um, and we'll 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 do that next week because I'd love to kind of go through their uh, to go through their coaching their coaching staff. I know they've rounded yeah. out their staff, and I want to give that the the due time. But we're we're coming up on time here. We gonna uh, we gonna we gonna finish up with some life advice. <laughs> we're also gonna uh, punt the life advice to next week as well. Um, we just had some fun here. We let it fly. We really did. We oh, took yeah. a page out of Coach Young's uh, Coach Young's book and let it fly. But we'll move on to lettuce and lunch pail. That's brought to you by Sharkies. Um, shout out to Sharkies. I haven't had a Long Island of Sharkies in a long, in a long, long Island, long time. Um, and got to get down there and have a Long Island. Looking forward to it and throwing some more events there in the near future. But um, Grayson, kick yeah. us off with Steve Bryce's, uh, Steve Bryce's question. First question from our guy, Steve Bryce. Question for all three of you guys with no disrespect to the former staff. How different is his current staff recruiting vibes compared to the former staff? 
It feels like they won't back down from a recruiting battle when they get challenged by Clemson, OSU, and other Blue Bloods. Uh, I agree that they won't back down. I think that's kind of clear as day, especially with what they're doing right now. Um, I, I think the the vibe, Steve, uh, from my perspective is obviously when anything's new, you're going to be excited about it. Like Pat is about LGH uh, and a lot of plenty of other people, um, you know, like you're, you're always going to be excited about something that's new. Uh, it's like opening a, a package on Christmas day. Um, you know, I'm really, really excited about what they're doing. They've been on the road. They've been cooking. I It seriously makes me wonder how much sleep they're getting, uh, but they're trying to tag every high school in the Commonwealth. That's what it seems like. Um, and, you know, now you're seeing more of it because of that rule change. You're seeing them with all these high school coaches. You're seeing them get on the private jet. You're seeing them in the car on the way to the high school, things that you didn't used to get to see. Uh, so obviously that vibe is different. Uh, it's very exciting. Um, and I, I think it's kick ass. I, I love all the content that's coming from this. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I definitely agree with the fact that I think the as far as vibe goes, they do a great job of self-promoting. They do a great job of um, talking about what they're doing, making sure people know what they're doing. And that does pay a difference to um, pay a difference to how everything is going. Um, but I don't think there's been a time where we had a recruit and we were like, oh, this guy's off by Penn State. Like, we're not going to we're not going to recruit him. I, I don't think that's something that happened in the past. So, um but yeah, that's my thoughts on it. And then next question from Maurice Russ. Uh, that's a tongue twister. Is there any one player that you would like to see targeted through the portal? Um, I don't really know enough about specific players in the portal um, to comment on specific players, but we mentioned this on the last podcast. Um, I'd love to see us get some big guys, defensive line, offensive line. Uh, those are going to be huge needs for this team. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm glad that we took care of the quarterback position. I'm glad that we added depth, the wide receiver position. Um, but the big guys are definitely the biggest group for us to address. I think it's a bit of a pipe dream, but I mean, you know, always down to dream over here, uh, Caleb Williams from Oklahoma. It's a, you know, a complete shot in the dark. I know we've gotten two quarterback transfers, but why not? Why not at least extend the offering hand and say, Hey man, we got some stuff cooking over here. Come play in Blacksburg. Odds he'll say yes. Probably very, very slim. But you know, if there's one person, it's definitely him. Pride of Gonzaga. Him and him and Brian Johnson were high school teammates at one point, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I'm talking about my guy Travis Die. Now I'm, I'm actually just perusing the uh, the transfer portal right now, and Travis Die gobble shots tailgate. Is always hitting us up with good hokey high cues, but there's also a four-star wide receiver from Oregon named Travis Die in the transfer portal. So, you know, maybe we should uh, take a flyer on on uh, on Travis and have a little duck. We could do a little quack quack shots tailgate along with the gobble shots tailgate. Patrick Lawrence sent in a uh, a three-part question. This is our last letter from the lunch pail today. First part of the question is, if the season started today, what's your depth chart order for Bullock, Wells, and Brown? Uh, on experience, I'm going to say I'm going to say Brown. I'm going to say it's going to be Jason Brown uh, based on his experience at, at South Carolina. Uh, and he, you know, I just, 
his story, I, I, I like it. This is dumb, but, you know, he always wanted to be at Virginia Tech. I think he's really going to be vying hard for the starting job in, the, in this offseason in, in the spring. I think it's going to be JB. Um, part two of this question. Talk about the importance of our coaches keeping their social media presence. We kind of just did that. Uh, it's very important. In this day and age, it's paramount. Uh, it is everything. Having a social media presence, that's very much a part of the college football game. The recruiting game now, you have to be active on social media. And this current staff, they, they whoa, clearly, whoa, 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 whoa. Nick, Saban, Nick Saban. Nick Saban does not have a Twitter. But Nick Saban is not on Twitter. His recruiting Urban staff. Meyer, Urban Meyer is not on Twitter. Lincoln he's not a college coach there. anymore. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's paramount, but I, I it's, think it's important. It's part it's, of the game. It's a part of the game. But I Nick Saban doesn't have to be on social media when he has like seven national championships. Success sells success. So, but if, okay, if our social media team was the best in the country, we wouldn't. We wouldn't be. It's part of the game. Tracking that. Yes, but it's is it paramount? Paramount sounds like it's the most it's, important. For us, it is. I think. I think it's very, very important. <laughs> it's very important. Media. It's very social important. Media is. The most important thing for Virginia Tech football for, right for now. For recruiting, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Is Putting it our name out there? Thing. Is it the most not, important thing? Paramount being it, it's up there. It's high on the mountain. It's got to be close Where? to the top. Where? Mount top Rushmore? Th- top three. Top so that, three? Yeah, top three things, yeah. Grayson, Grayson, top three is social media presence. Dude. Having a social media presence is important. And is that dumb? Is it in the top three? Is that <laughs> not in the top eating, three? Eating, in the top eating, 10. Eating, eating vegetables is important. Is it more important than breathing or uh, drinking water or, or getting in the sunlight? I'm, Fine. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to fold on this. I think it's very, very important. I think it's very, very important. Right. Got to be able to sell. What do we have, guys? What do we have to sell? We don't have a bowl streak. We don't have a national title. We haven't won an ACC championship since. So tweets are going to fix that. So tweets are going to fix it. Hey, man, put putting the word out. Put the word out. Tell a friend about Virginia Tech. How do you do that? You say you you can take pictures of our facilities and post them on the internet, and a recruit sees that and is like, "Damn, I like that. I'd go check out Virginia Tech. It's important." Yes, it is important. It is it's not very important. Free. All right, y'all don't have to agree with me, but I, I think it's very important. <laughs> so yeah, that may, have been part, your, that may have been your hottest take. I don't think so. I've had, I've had some pretty scorching takes. No, uh, this this is nuclear. nuclear I, I've had some scorching takes. Nuclear in the core of the sun hot I, take. I think it's important, and I don't think you'd find too many people who would disagree. We are anyway. In, we're in peak offseason form. Yeah, part part three. Part three of Patrick's <laughs> question: What part of game day experience needs to be brought back? It previously canceled or ended. Duh. Stick it in. Next question. Uh, yeah. I'm and and selfishly, Bill McShane. So I was gonna say, Bill McShane. Selfishly, Bill McShane. Uh, I, you know, no disrespect to our new announcer, but there's something about hearing that man, you know, Gerard Evans on the carry, and like, like, like you know, just his voice is so unique. It's a nostalgia thing. Stick it in. Not that is paramount. That is top of the mountain. That is the most important sure. game day atmosphere sure. thing to be brought back. Number two, Bill McShane. Bill, do you have anything, anything to add that should come back? I'm still, 
I, I'm still reeling from from the. I I I've checked out after this. Listen, dog, <laughs> that's cool. Three, man, I, here's something <laughs> that here's something that never left, but um, a, a good Wi-Fi connection so we can get on social media because it's paranoid. Did that ever exist? <laughs> Question no. mark. Did no, that ever exist just, to begin I just said, with? No, I just said it doesn't. Uh-huh. Um, I thought you said it never left. <laughs> paint on the walls. A strip of orange and a strip of maroon around the walls. Where did it go and how do we get it back? You know what I'm talking about, Grayson? Yes. And the pig troughs on the west side. What the hell? The Pizza. urinals? The, the urinals suck. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm <laughs> not a fan. fan. Uh, I, I, I would just say the, the, the VT end zone, uh, end zone paint. I really enjoyed the old, uh, the old end zones more than our like super futuristic uh nike legacy let not nike garbage i i just i like not, that it's not, it's not garbage but it's just not even close to as cool as it was in the 90s do we think do we think that we should also eliminate targeting sorry i know that <laughs> that's kind of a broad spectrum yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with this new staff can we please make the hokey walk a massive tradition at Virginia Tech where every single person wants to be there for the Hokey Walk because I think that'd be pretty cool. I've done the Hokey Walk, I think, one time before Carolina. It's not really a thing that, you know, people need to drop their drop their beers and run over to, but I think it would be a cool community event if people rallied around that more. I don't know. What do you guys think? I, Dude, I'm going I'm to zag you here, Pat, because I've done – uh similar things at other schools and i think what makes it really difficult to do at virginia tech is there's not really an interesting area for us to kind of walk through there's no grove there's no um there's no arches like they have at georgia um we we don't really kind of uh yeah we don't really kind of have a really cool place for us to walk through um, and quite frankly, you know, every time I've gone, there's been a really good amount of people there. Um, people are excited the band and, you know, I've, I've probably gone a hokey walk six or seven times. Um, and that's not your fault. You're just the busiest guy in the history of the world on game day. Pat Finn <laughs> is the president of the United States on game day. Um, but yeah, I just think it has to do with the venue. I, I think, you know, if, if they wanted to make it cool, like move lane stadium to like, you know, buy the drill fields and they could walk in over there. But, you know, in terms of where they're walking, it's just not a very interesting, uh, interesting area. Solid, solid rebuttal. Yeah. I'm just more shocked that it was Pat Finn's first hokey walk experience this year at the UNC game. That blows my mind. And it was by mistake, Pat, wasn't it? We were like walking over, we we were walking over to, uh, with pins and you were like, Oh, the hokey walks coming. I want to see it for the first time. Like you're out of all the people in the universe, you haven't done this yet. So I remember that you guys were walking over to the basketball tailgate. We saw it by accident. We were late. We had to go. We were were in a hurry. I don't don't know if I've had a turkey leg or not. I don't, I don't think I have not. Turkey legs are money. They're Um, delicious. Putting a bow on this. I, I have one last thing. Um, unfortunately this, uh, uh, on the 17th of January, um, officer Jeff Allen, who was with the Blacksburg police department, uh, passed away. Jeff Allen, um, served the Blacksburg police department for, uh, quite some time. He was a really good dude. I remember, um, if I'm remembering correctly, he came in and, uh, would speak or be a part of the group that spoke to the football team every year. So, um, 
thoughts and prayers to uh, Jeff Allen, and his family. Um, that's my shout out for today. This isn't really a shout out. It's, it's more news. Uh, early development stage. This is very exciting. Uh, we might be doing a, not might, we're doing a beer collaboration with a California-based brewery here in Los Angeles called Indie Brewing Company uh, in collaboration with a beer garden called LA Draft, where I actually work. Uh, and it should be available around the time March Madness starts. Um, so stay tuned for that. We're going to try and ship a large quantity of it back to Virginia and do a little uh, limited release. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's something we've wanted to do for a couple of years now. And so to see that start to come to fruition is, is pretty, pretty cool. As always, follow us on social media. I think we're like 10 followers away from 10,000 on um, on Instagram, which is super exciting. Less than 90, dude. We yeah. don't have a long way to go at all. Yeah, 90, not 10. Um, but uh, super excited about that. And other than that, everybody have a great week. Uh, or I guess last day of your week. Yeah. We'll be talking this week. To wander, tripping in the sand We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand But I saw you dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I know it's what you're thinking Dude.